welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 128 for Saturday the 24th of November 2018. And as I sit in my small study in the UK, for the first time this year I've put my little electric heater on that I have in here rather than heating the whole house. And you might hear it clicking and whirring every now and then, uh, but it does keep me warm in here. It is very cold in the UK and we had our very first um, ice on the car this morning. Okay, you're not here for a weather report, you're here to hear author news. So let's start with Kobo. You'll have heard me in previous diary episodes talking to you about Kobo and saying, well, hang on, I'm selling a lot of books, or I'm moving a lot of books. They're not all being sold, of course, a lot of them are free. But the number of books that I'm getting rid of doesn't really seem to relate to the amount of money I'm making. So if I take a look at my kind of Kobo earnings, and they give me this chart of top sellers of all time. And I can see that I've sold, and they, they say sold, but they're not, a lot of these are free, but I've, I've shifted 10,759 uh, copies of my books. So of those, 5,394, this is Kobo only, are Don't Tell Meg, 3,186 are Fall of Justice. And then you've got other books like uh, One Fatal Error, 947, Phase 6, 503, Burden of Guilt, 491, and then it goes sort of down and down. And and I haven't really made that much money from those sales. So my all-time earnings, I think, are just over um, about £500 from Kobo. And so that doesn't sort of feel right to me. That, that's a lot of books shifted for not much income. So I've been moaning about that for some time. I'm not moaning, sorry, I'm not moaning about the income, by the way, because I got a nice check from Kobo this week. It just doesn't feel as high as it should be for that number of books. That's all I'm saying. And remember, when you go wide, you've got published drive income coming in. You've got draft the digital coming in. You've got all these pockets of, of money. And so they do actually, they all add up, which is good. So last week, I probably or possibly discovered a secret to Kobo. And that was that I was in one of their promotions that they do. And this was a free promotion. I think they just took a percentage of the cash. So I put my Thriller 7-pack of, well, Thrillers, obviously, <laughs> into a promotion. And I can't remember what the pricing was, but it was it was pretty cheap. Um, it was something like, I think it's normally, well, it depends which territory it's in, but it's something like 9 And I think it was priced down to 3 or 4 something like that. Well, this week, from that promo, um, I shifted um, 38 of those uh, units and made just short of £80 from that. Uh, and that's just in one promo over a week, which makes that particular package, the seven pack of books, it makes it my most, or my second most lucrative package on Kobo. Now, the most lucrative package and you may find this interesting if you write in series, is The Murder Place and The Forgotten Children. So it's the two-pack of books. Now, if you remember, I sell the trilogy of books, but I also sell the two-pack. And the reason I sell the two-pack is that many people will have got book one for free, 
And so therefore, if they buy the trilogy, they're kind of buying book one again. However, people who buy my books, my standalone, so then think, oh, I want to read more of that. Um, if I price the trilogy where effectively book one is free, I feel like I'm doing myself out of money. So because I still sell the trilogy. I want to charge people for that kind of book one if they've if they've never read the books before. So I price it so that the trilogy of books is cheaper to buy than the individual books, but yet it's still slightly cheaper to buy just books two and three alone. And that way, if you get Don't Tell Meg for free, it incentivizes you still to buy the two pack of books. But also if you've never read Don't Tell Meg, then you're still incentivized to get the, the trilogy. So if Don't Tell Meg is, is currently on a, uh, on a price, if it's 99 cents or 1.99. So interestingly, The Murder Place of the Forgotten Children, the two pack of books, which are just my books two and three in the trilogy, uh, that is my most kind of lucrative package on Kobo at the moment. And the second one is the thriller seven pack. So just me giving you a rough rule of thumb, it would appear that people like box sets and bigger packs priced down on Kobo. Um, you know, for me to make, for me to in one week of a promo, it was maybe even five days of a promo for, for the Thriller 7 pack to become my second best seller, even though none of them are doing particularly fantastically. Um, you know, that, that to me is useful data. So I just thought I'd mention that to you in case you are wide and you are taking a look at Kobo. If you can package things together and create price differentials so that when you do promos, it looks like a really good bargain. That looks like it's working pretty well. And I shall be trying some more of that. I haven't got my seven pack of sci-fis on Kobo next. So sure as heck that's happening soon. And I'll try that one in a promo too. see if we can make some money out of that one. And that made me think, actually, I did say to you, if you've been a really long term listener to this diary, when I wrote Don't Tell Meg, because it was a 90,000 word book, I always said I wouldn't make Don't Tell Meg free. But, you know, we have to change our plans. We have to pivot. And, and I just wanted to talk you through why Don't Tell Meg is currently free. The reason Don't Tell Meg is currently free is because it, uh, it wasn't free for a long time. It was it was a paid book. But what changed that was in October last year when I got my BookBub promo. And obviously a BookBub promo, well, you you can have it 99 cents, but I just don't do 99 cents. You know, to me, you're still taking a punt on a on an author. I, I just would rather have the first one free because I've got plenty of evidence to show that I make my money back on books two and three. So I haven't done a 99 cents and the people I've spoken to have done a 99 cents, although they haven't always had a trilogy. So they always, always haven't had sort of other books in series. They've maybe covered their money, but I, I'm not excited about 99 cents. I might try one one of these days, but not at the moment. So to take part in that first book bub, I had to make Don't Tell Meg free. And when I did that, I had my best ever earning month ever, which was something like over £5,000. Um, it was in the November of a year ago. That was, I think it's the best month I've had, about £5,000 in that month. And remember, uh, in that month, I was in KDP Select. Now, because the sales kept coming in. So I, it was something like 5,000 that month, and then it was 2,000 and 2,000 for the next couple of months. Why would I switch off free if the sales were still coming on? I, I didn't want to kill the golden goose, so to speak. So I left it free at that stage. Now, I have a feeling, I can't quite remember the time scale. You probably know this better than, than I do. Um, but I think I might have put it back to paid again. When I sort of felt that we'd thrashed 
that kind of traffic that you get from a book bub. I'm pretty sure I put it back to paid because I, I had problems getting it, getting the prices adjusted for this, this last book bub. So I, I think I did that, but don't, don't sort of quote me on it. And, and then after that, when I got the second book bub and I was wide this time, of course I had to make it free again. It had to be free and it's still free. And the reason it's still free is because it's still high in the free charts on Amazon. Um, you know, it's still in the top uh, 20. I can't remember where it is, but it, it's certainly, I think it's top 10 in the UK and it's top 20 in the US, I think. I'll just, while I'm talking to, I'll just go and check it. I should have had a look at this. But so I'm getting organic traffic from that book simply from it being free and for the, the, the kind of amount of residual traffic I've had. So yeah, in the UK, it's 11 in psychological free. It's 13 in Vigilante Justice and it's 15 in Psychological. So basically, when you go to either of those or any of those sections, it, um, it's on the front page. So the first page rather than, you know, two or three pages down. So all the time it's on that first page, it's good to get organic traffic, just people finding it naturally without me promoting it. So I might as well stay on there. So but by the way, just to qualify, it's in genre fiction, psychological and suspense. Um, psychological one of them is literature and fiction as its top category the other is crime thriller and mystery now if i go to the us i'm sure it's fairly high in the us which is where i make my sales as well oh i've messed up the link hang on so amazon.com let's just see where that takes me but it, it's pretty high in the us so I, I am checking those territories and just keeping an eye on it yeah, okay. So in the US, it's slightly worse. It's 20 in kidnapping. It's 23 in serial killers and it's 26 in psychological. But I, I feel at the moment that, that that's driving sales because of its prominence in the charts. And so therefore it might as well stay free. Now I'm just trying to work out when is, uh, don't tell Meg, I, I'm trying to remember when I can promote it again on BookBub, but I will put the price up at some point. I think we're probably getting fairly close to it now. I will put the price up so that when I apply for the next BookBub, um, I don't have to say it's on perma-free. You know, I, I think that to BookBub, if it was on perma-free, that I, I don't know. I'm just guessing that might make it less attractive. But if I go to BookBub and say it was $2.99 and I've now priced it for this promo down to zero, I would have thought that was more attractive to BookBub because there's a better differential in the price. They're actually offering their readers something that's worth having. So that's my kind of strategy with that. So it will go back to paid. And then if I get a book bub, it will drop to free again for that book bub promo. Now I don't have the guts to try a 99 pence or cents promo, um, on the first book. Uh, you know, I might make more money from it, but I suspect I won't. I suspect, and I've, and I've got evidence now to prove this over two promos on Don't Tell Meg that actually it were, it works in a way that I'm happy with when I, when I make it free. So I'm going to stick to that as my strategy. So I just wanted to explain to you the why Don't Tell Meg is free when I said it wouldn't be. It kind of has to be if I want to get a book bub and I wouldn't make any money if I didn't make it free. But I, it's, it's interesting because I sort of thought oh, I'll stop perma free, but actually um, the grid one is free too at the moment. And the grid one is free because I'm still getting all these residual purchases and the chart position as a result of the book bub that I had on that book. And so the traffic is organic. It's high in the charts. And so therefore, um, I'm making sales from it. So at the point where I feel that that kind of push from BookBub is dropping off, the book will go paid again so that there's a price differential when I submit it for BookBub once again. That's kind of my strategy with that. But, you know, 
you know, it's, it's all right kind of being all lovey about this stuff and saying, oh, no, my art is worth more than this. Um, it'll never be free. But I, I bring you back to the point that I'm here to shift units and make sales. Uh, I'm in this for the money. Uh, I want to make a living from this or at least something resembling a living. So therefore, I take actions which make more sales. And so therefore, if I were sticking to my guns and saying, no, no, it's never going free, I wouldn't have had those book bubs probably. I wouldn't have made the money I've made on that book. And the, the fact that I make money on that book enables me to write more books and build my author career. So it's going to be free for promos. Um, people say perma-free doesn't work. But I got to tell you, you know, after these book bubs, yes, it does. It, it does. It keeps me high in those charts. But you've had the shove of a book bub, it's doing fine. So there will be a point when it turns. There definitely is a point when it turns, and you're thinking, right, I need another book bub now. It's about three to four months out, I think. That that would, that's where I would say the turn point is. Now, clearly, you don't make as much money as you do in the first month, but you very visibly make more money, I think, in the first three to four months, and then you start to see that drop off, and that's the point at which I'll be pricing it back up again. Okay, um, what else have we got to tell you this week? I haven't been writing, by the way, but I tell you what I have been doing, and I've just finished doing part one of this. Um, I've been writing more author notes. So I've just done three sets of author notes, author notes for Don't Tell Meg. And these author notes are what are recommended by the 20 books to 50K crew. They're just informal, chatty, behind the scenes, conversational uh, bits of writing at the back of the books, just talking about the stories and the settings of the characters, really. So today I've done the whole Don't Tell Meg trilogy and I decided to try some dictation. One of my kids has just got the Dragon Dictation software as a student and was just saying how well he's getting on with it. And I thought, I really must, I really must attend to this. I must work on this next year and start using Dragon. So I didn't use Dragon today because I, I kind of need to read the instructions again and get my head around it again. But, but I did use uh, the Google Drive version of it uh, because it's very simple. You just plug it in, you just enable voice and you just dictate in. And, and it's it's pretty good, to be honest with you. I mean, it's not, you know, it's way off and you can't train it like you can Dragon. But it was it was all right. So I've dictated my author notes today. Um, I haven't corrected them yet. I've corrected um, the first set of notes, but after I've recorded this and while I'm listening through to this, I'll be editing the other bits. Um, but it was good. Um, I think I probably wrote more because I was dictating. And and clearly, you know, it's not perfect. The, there was lots of spelling mistakes in there, and the Google Drive version is pretty basic. But it's all right if you want to try a bit, a bit of dictation. You know, it's it's really all right. But it has made me think I must, in 2019, target using Dragon. And, and get used to it and really thrash it and decide whether this is something I'm going to use because it's a heck of a lot easier uh, just just talking it through. But I would need more accuracy. I mean, the accuracy I got today, I wouldn't write a book like that. That's not accurate enough. I can type faster and more accurate, you know, in terms of the time it takes me. I can type more accurately than that. And there's too many changes for me to make in the Google Drive version. So it's going to have to be Dragon. And of course, you can train Dragon. Dragon will adapt to your voice and you can adapt it so it recognizes certain words. So for instance, when I said my name, Paul Teague, it puts Teague in there. And um I didn't get the I, I, I asked it to put uh, a hyphen in today and it just wrote the word hyphen or python. So it is pretty basic on Google Drive, but it got the job done today and it was a good exercise and it has made me think, yeah, I'm going to need to, I got to think about this. I got to spend some more time on this. I wanted to give a shout out to Jerry Avanoff, who is a Patreon supporter and uh, Jerry and I have, uh, have not 
uh, talked through Twitter or Facebook, and that's usually how I meet Patreon supporters. So I, I'm assuming uh, Jerry found the podcast, and thanks very much for becoming a Patreon supporter. But um, Jerry dropped me a note the other day, and um, he was just he'd been listening to what I was thinking aloud, really, about my own rapid release plans, and he'd said, "Oh, he, uh, Jerry'd been to uh, Vegas." And, and heard Martha Carr talk about that rapid release plan um, twice this year and last year. Um, but also, Jerry, uh, you were in the UK this year too. Did we meet? I don't. I don't recall meeting you. But uh, Jerry, I think um, was at the UK uh, this year, and we we didn't meet there, which is a shame. But um, Jerry is a writer. He's writing on his first. Um, he's working on his first sci-fi novel, and he's planning rapid release. And he was, again, he's just started his own podcast, which I'm going to recommend to you. This is the purpose of me talking through this. Um, because he's he's figuring out how he could do a rapid release and it, when it takes him a long time to write a book. And it, it's really interesting. I've been listening to all the podcast episodes this week. Um, so the podcast that Jerry has started is called the it's New Author Podcast. If you search for New Author Podcast, it's Jerry Evanoff, E-V-A-N-O-F-F, Jerry Evanoff. Um, Jerry's a listener to this show. Um, if you want to find it online, um, Jerry's website is jerryevanoff.com forward slash podcast. And I will put that on the show notes. But I've, I've discovered a couple of podcasts this week that uh, are kind of like mine, but not like mine. So um, Jerry's is an example of that. So Jerry hasn't written his first book yet, but he's talking about what he's doing, the editing process, he's thinking through his marketing and how he could build an email list. So he's right at the beginning of the author career, but doing what I do, which is, uh, you know, very honestly talking about things that went right, things that are going wrong, all the pain points. And I listened to the first four episodes of it at the weekend. I thought, this is great. I'm subscribing to this. I'm really enjoying this. The other thing that Jerry did is he mentioned some books I'd never heard of. And this is why it's good to you know, be, be receptive to other people. The other podcast I've started listening to is Alyssa Grosso's uh, podcast. You'll hear Alyssa on this uh, podcast in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but Alyssa is a former traditional publisher, or writer, I should say, now self-publishing. Um, and again, her sort of, she, she, she's, in terms, of, in terms of experience, she's way ahead of me, but in terms of her sales, um, she's she's behind me. And she actually made a huge a loss on her advertising versus her income this month but she's very honest about it um has a lot of writing experience um and and it's a fascinating listen so I, i'm recommending you know two podcasts to you if you like this kind of in the trenches uh, or you could hear all the pain and the struggles you know that kind of podcast and i'm getting tremendous value from both of those podcasts um jerry though mentioned a couple of books that i hadn't heard of and I put them, I, I bought one of them, I put one on my, my wish list, my buy list. So one of them was called The Emotional Thesaurus by Becca Puglisi, I think it is, and Angela Ackerman. This is about, well, as it sounds, um, showing emotion uh, in characters in your story. Uh, that's something I'm, you know, weak on and need to know more about. And the one I bought straight away, because I desperately need it, is Understanding Show, Don't Tell, brackets, and really getting it. And that's a book by Janice Hardy. I bought that one straight away, because boy, do I need that one. I really don't understand it. And Jerry was just talking about how that, um, how he understood it as a result of that book. So, you know, you, I think you get value 
from everybody you listen to. And if I listen to a podcast, if I just hear one book recommendation, one podcast recommendation, one tip that makes me think or reconsider, I get value from that. And that's why I love to listen to podcasts like this. So uh, that's another podcast I'm recommending to you. And I will put a link on the show notes. I think I told you last week that I'm doing some book funnel giveaways at the moment. And I can't remember if I updated you on the progress of those. So um, I, I set up these book funnel giveaways. I've got one for sci-fi. I've got one for thrillers. And I'm running them uh, something like the first week of December and then before we go away to Spain so I can, I can wrap them up and finish them. And this is the first time I've used book funnel to host and manage a giveaway. So I'm going into them live right now, the, the crime thriller and suspense giveaway. I wanted 30 people to take part in that giveaway. And in the time, well, it's full. It's full. And we've got a couple of days to go before we even start. Now, um, I have had to kick a couple of people out of the giveaways because they've done the or they've broken the rules. The rules being no six pack guys in my um, in my events. Thank you very much. And can you believe somebody still tried to list a six-pack guy? So I still had to kick them out and said, you know, see the instructions. Um, so somebody still tried to put a six-pack guy uh, in. I know I'm sounding like rabid about this now, but when I look at my thrillers, now there's there's one or two just come in since I last looked. There's one that's going there. It looks rubbish. It's got a rubbish cover. That's getting thrown out. Um, but otherwise, they all look great. There's another one there that I might also throw out. As I've got 30 in there now, I'm going to become more stroppy. So there's two in there that don't really look genre specific. Um, one is just rubbish. <laughs> don't, you know, I really don't care. That's just not going. I don't care whether it is a thriller. It's not going in because it looks rubbish. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's another one there that when you look at the others, I, I look at the covers on the others and I think, you know, those are quite obviously thrillers. They've got all the right covers. They're genre specific. So I'm going to chuck out the two that aren't genre specific because they bring the giveaway down. And also I'm confident enough that I can fill those last two slots. So, so I'm going to get rid of those later on today. And I know I sound strict, but you know, you look at those two covers and you think, Oh, blimey, you know, they're, let, they're letting the whole thing down. So I'm going to chuck them out and hope, you know, I think that in many ways, that's a kind lesson to the authors because they need to learn this. They need to learn that your stuff has to be genre specific. Let's have a look at the sci-fi. So the sci-fi has got 29 submissions now out of 30 already. And we've got more than a week to go. So I'm, you know, confident that we're going to fill it. I did get a six pack guy in this and I threw it straight out, but looking at those covers, they are all genre specific yeah yeah so it's what i was saying about the kind of pub landlord thing you get what you ask for and if you're a bit slack on the rules then people will take the mickey frankly um, so i'm happy uh, i'm going to throw a couple of books out there but i'm happy that those giveaways will be full and that i won't be doing the other authors a disservice you see, i think i'm doing the other authors a disservice if i allow books in there with covers that frankly don't meet the grade or don't look like the genre so and I'm running the giveaway, um, you know, so I could apply the rules. So um, I'll put the links to those giveaways on the resources page. If you just want to have a look at what I mean um, as I'm talking about that, you, you'll see what I mean. You know, one of them looks like sci-fi. Nothing else, no ifs or buts, that's sci-fi. Uh, the other one is the same with crime and thrillers. That's what it looks like. No ifs and buts. It's quite clearly a crime and thrillers giveaway. And if we're going to shift books and attract the right readers, we need to be really strict on that stuff. I'll let you know how they go when we launch, by the way. Interesting, I've been doing this 
podcast or self-publishing journeys I've been doing for almost three years. And I had my first no-show guest uh, this week. I'm not going to mention any names because that would be indiscreet of me. But um, when you are a guest on my show, you get a confirmation about the time and then you get automated reminders. You get one, I think it's a day before, you get one an hour before and one 10 minutes before. So it's pretty hard to forget your appointment. And uh, using Schedule Once, which is the, the tool that I use to do all of this on automatic, I've never had a no-show except I had one this week, which is very interesting, isn't it? A gentleman who was there perfectly on time, as I knew he would be, was Edward Downward. And uh, Edward and I had a chat on the show. Uh, really enjoyed chatting to Edward. He's been uh, talking to me and participating on Twitter for some time. He writes sci-fi. I know he's been quite nervous about being on a podcast. So um, I was you know, very gentle, as I am with people who've been on, uh, you know, never been on a podcast before. But again, that's to me, that's part of the purpose of this podcast is uh, because I'm t- tending to deal with newer or more recent authors. Um, you know, if I can be kind of your first and I can help you through that, build your confidence. Then I, that feels like a fairly positive thing for me to do. And I've, I've had a lot of first time podcast guests on this show. And hopefully, Touchwood, we haven't frightened any of them off and they're happy then as a result of that experience to go on and take part in other podcasts. But it was great to talk to Edwin. I really value Edwin's participation, uh, in, you know, in this show and the comments and the feedback uh, that I get from him. And it was really nice to have a chat. And that interview will be running on the 10th of December. Uh, last thing I've got to tell you this week is it's another podcast I want to recommend to you, actually. And it was a res- as a result. It's funny how these things come around. The reason that I ca- I used to listen to this podcast, and I can't remember why it's not in my queue. I must have cleared it out for some reason. I don't know why, because I really like the podcast. Um, but it's called Create If, I-F, Create If Writing. And it's a podcast by Kirsten Oliphant. And Kirsten is a writer uh, but she's a writer in the blogging sense and in the author sense as well. She writes books and publishes books too. So it's writer in a more general sense of the word, if you want. Now, it's an excellent podcast and I've listened to it for ages. And it might be because she took a break over summer or something. I think she took a break over summer. Maybe there was a uh, an interruption to episodes or something. I can't remember. Anyhow, when I was listening to Jerry Evanoff's podcast, he mentioned Kirsten and mentioned a really good episode about paid promotions, which he'd done. And so, again, when I hear stuff, I go, when I'm listening, usually I go straight for it. I find the episode and I put it in my queue. And I did listen to that episode and it was excellent. It's a really, really strong episode on using paid promotions. And I really agree with a lot of what Kirsten was saying in that. You know, she was saying that email lists work reliably and well. And that if you're new to this or you're limited on budget, you're probably better paying for paid promos. Uh, and obviously, BookBub's the, the best of those, but there are many others like uh, many books and e-reader news today and things like that. Um, and she was just saying email is the best way to sell books. And I was just thinking, you know, I really agree with you there. And she was basically saying that, look, Facebook works, Amazon works, and uh, and BookBub ads, the, the sort of cost per click ads, they work too. But if you just are on a limited budget, you're a new author and you don't know much about marketing, she made, made the really valid point, and it is a really valid point, that actually, if you're new to this, you are better paying for a free booksy, um, you know, or, or a e-reader news a day promo, because actually they kind of work pretty reliably and you're more likely to get an immediate return on your investment. So I, I want to recommend the podcast to you, Creative Writing by Kirsten Oliphant, but also specifically 
Uh, I would really recommend you check out that episode and I'll put the direct link to the episode to save you hunting for it on the show notes for this week's diary and that'll be at selfpublishingjourneys.com. So that's virtually it for this week. I just wanted to give another shout out to Tim Lewis. Tim's been on his walks and you have a beautiful autumn sky there. Uh, Last weekend in the UK, absolutely uh, beautiful, sort of crisp day and a beautiful blue sky. And and it looks like that's what Tim's got in the photograph when he was going out for his walk. So fabulous to see that. Tim, keep those pictures coming. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, just take me a photo if you're listening to it on your phone and then tweet it to me and I'll give you a, a shout out and a mention and pop you on the resources page so that people can see your tweet. Coming up on Monday in the interview episode, I'm going to be talking for the second time to Claire Lydon, who is an author of lesbian romantic fiction. Now, I spoke to Claire, must be a couple of years ago now, and then we met up at 20 Books 50k in London. And we met at the sort of coffee area there. And I have a feeling either one or both of us <laughs> was eyeing up something that had chocolate in it. I think it was nice cookies or something like that. And um, it was great. You know, it's lovely to meet people in person that you've only spoken to on Skype. So we had a little bit of a yak and Claire told me at 20 Books that she you know, really had a big kind of breakthrough. Things were really uh, working well for her. So I said, well, we must catch up. And it's taken me this long, but we finally got it booked in and recorded. And she'll be walking me through some of the breakthroughs that she's experienced as an indie author this year. And again, she's got some really great updates to tell us since that first interview. So that's going to be on episode number 129 of the Self-Publishing Journeys podcast. And that episode with Claire is going to be broadcast, or at least I should say, on Monday, the 26th of November, 2018. I will have another diary update for you next Saturday. In the meantime, I hope you have a fabulous week of writing and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.